Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Refs Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Kale. I'm a former Division I soccer player and professional soccer player. This is a podcast where every week I come on and talk about the mental health following the retirement from sports, because I believe that is just as important when you're in the sport as it is when you're done with the sports. I also bring in guests and experts to talk about their experiences and give tips on how to repurpose yourself after sports and how they have repurposed themselves. This week, I was able to sit down and interview someone I would consider a veteran in the sports world. He offered new and insightful ways in which to repurpose yourself after sports. In this interview, I sit down with Ron Reitnauer, who is a former baseball player. He played Division I baseball and then went on to play nine years professionally. His first seven years professionally were with the Detroit Tigers organization, including four years with the Mud Hens. He was then traded to the Milwaukee Brewers, and he also was included in the AAA All-Star in the Major Leagues. Not only does he have experience as a player, but he also has experience as a coach, athletic director, and mentor. This allowed us to have a very interesting conversation based on these several different aspects that he's been involved in the sports world. He is very open and honest with the transition, which is something I really appreciate as it is not easy to talk about. Overall, this episode is something that I really enjoy doing and I gained a lot of new insight on how to help myself mentally and how to just become a better person overall. Once again, thank you for listening to the Reps Podcast. I'm so excited to have you back and I hope you enjoy. everyone. I'm so excited today to be talking with Ron Reitnauer. He's a former professional baseball player. And Ron, I'm so thankful that you were able to come on the podcast and share your experience with everyone and maybe give some tips in which ways people can repurpose themselves after sports. So first off, I'm so honored that you're on and thank you so much for coming on to the Reps Podcast. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for asking. It's uh, an honor to be asked, of course. And um I mean, knowing your mom and dad so well, and for so many years, it's uh, a real honor to see how you've grown and and uh, how you're thinking about the future and, and what you want to do with the rest of your life. And uh, it's, if, I'm, if I can help, I'm happy to do it. Amazing. I'm just so thankful that I'm able to bring on such amazing athletes as yourself onto this podcast to lend some advice in ways just to help other athletes and um, college students like going through this process. Oh, it's important. And it's a real thing. You know, as you found out, probably talking to other people, um, you know, you when you spend that much of your life and that much of your focus and, and uh, energy and, and prayers and hopes and dreams and everything into one particular area, um, when it's all done, because it does come to an end, um, we know that uh, it's hard. And uh, so having a plan and um, Having people around you to help you and mentor you to direct you in a, in a new way is uh, or a new direction uh, is really helpful. So I think this is a, a really smart thing you're doing. Thank you. It's also based on all my research and a lot of people I've been talking to. There's not actually many resources and a lot of research done about like the mental health of athletes when they're done playing sports. It's very much so being talked more about when you are currently playing the sport, but when you're done, it's not as much as a widely talked about concept and widely talked about research, which is crazy because 7 million billion people play sports. And when you're done, it's such a weird transition that no one really talks about. Yeah, not everybody, you know, makes uh, several million dollars over their course of their playing career that they can retire on. So people tend to 
dramatize that, the financial end of it. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, most do not, correct? I mean, they, you know, most are going to play and some are fortunate enough to, to play professionally and make some money at it enough to buy a house or maybe more than that. But um, that's why it has to be about something more than the money. The money's great. It's uh, uh, You get paid to p- do something that you really love and um, that you're good at and that you've trained and worked hard for. Um, so hopefully, you know, with some guidance, you have, you know, professionals around you to hopefully set some money aside to be able to launch into that next phase of life. But we can talk about that, you know, going forward. Those are just things that athletes should be thinking about regardless of the level and doesn't keep you from working hard or trying to achieve the highest level, but you got to have some alternate plans in place. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely one of the things that I mean, on research and just that you should know you need to sometimes plan ahead, which is what a lot of athletes don't always do because they're not sure if they want to keep playing or if they're going to make it to the professional level. And it's a really weird, like gray line and gray area of you're not really sure, like, should I prepare for life after sports or should I prepare for going to play pro and on that can you I know that you said that you played nine years professionally and then seven of those with the Detroit Tiger organization can you just share a little bit more on that yeah I went to Eastern Michigan out of Whitmer High School um, where I graduated with your dad and um, went to Eastern Michigan played four years of baseball there and was able to you know do well enough to get signed so the Tigers signed me to professional contract and like the minor leagues, baseball is you got to start out at the rookie league and then move up to low A ball, then high A ball, then double A. And then finally in my fourth year, I moved up one step at a time, uh, just kind of as you're supposed to. And in my fourth year, I was here playing with my hometown Toledo Mud Hens, which was really cool because when I was a little boy, I used to go out to those Mud Hen clinics they put on every summer and I took part in that. And so for me, that was a big dream. You know, that was quite an accomplishment to even get that far. And uh, to be honest, when I was in college, <clears throat> um, I think it would be honest if I, I – I really didn't think I was good enough to even consider playing pro ball, to be honest. I, I was there to use baseball or athletics because I played basketball as well. Um, you know, I was hoping to just be able to use my athletic uh, abilities and um, accomplishments to be able to get through school. To, you know, if I could get some of it paid for, even if it wasn't all of it, just use it as a means to an end to get a degree to live the rest of your life, right? But as I as my career wore on at Eastern, I was improving. I was getting better and better, and I was, you know, filling out physically and getting stronger, and I just got better. And um, so now then scouts started to show up at my games, and we're talking about signing me to a pro contract, which ultimately happened, and then you got to start over. Then you're at the bottom rung, and you got to go earn your way again. But I never thought um, about playing in the big leagues, so to speak. And I, it certainly was never a goal of mine to go and make a million dollars or whatever that amount of money is. Yeah. It was – I wanted to just see how good I could be. I, I, I kind of improved over my over my college career. I got fortunate enough to get signed to play pro ball. And I continued to have success. You know, I still, I felt I was getting better all the time. I thought, well, let's just see how far this can go, right? I mean, none of us knows. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We think we do, and we work really hard at it, but we don't know. You could all end tomorrow. I could have blown out my shoulder or my elbow or, you know, you as a soccer player, you blow out a knee or an ankle or whatever, you know, and it could all yeah. be over. So I never really put all my eggs in the athletic basket emotionally. I mean, I was – I worked hard at it, 
try to do the very best I could, prepare the best I could, but it wasn't the end all be all for me ever. Yeah. So that that's really interesting because a lot of times, especially when you're a really elite athlete and you play for so long, such as yourself, you get a really strong tie to your athletic identity, which does make it hard to repurpose yourself after the sport. But hearing that you're able to, as you said, not put all your eggs in one basket is super interesting because a lot of the other athletes that my friends play professionally and other athletes I know, they sometimes manage to put all their eggs in one basket, which is where you have difficulties during the transition. I think I think we get lied to as athletes by coaches, by organizations, sometimes even family and friends um, telling us you got to be all in. And there, you've heard that phrase: you got to be all in. You got to, you know, you got to go for it with everything in your being. Well, yes and no. I mean, of course, you have to put forth a good effort. You have to prepare. You have to study. You have to watch film. You have to, you know, that's that's just the job. That's not. All in. I mean, I have several things I'm all in about right now. I'm all in about my family. I'm all in about my job. Yeah. You can be all in about several things. It doesn't mean you ignore everything else in your life for this one thing. And I and I want to encourage people yeah. that I think I think we get lied to as athletes like we have to have this single mindedness, this single focus, and everything else in our life has to go become secondary. That is an error. And even a lie, if you will, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that because one of the toughest mental challenges is this mindset that you're told from society and told from coaches where you do have to put all your effort into one thing and then you never have time to go have other hobbies or actually enjoy your game with your family. Like it's always, I remember personally, like we would have games at, when I played at Akron, go Mac. And, um, and Zips. We would have games and yeah, and we weren't allowed to go and like hang out with our family after or go talk to our family after. And I think that really can like hurt a player because like you're spending so much time with your team. Your coaches are telling you you have to only do this, that you don't actually get to experience life while you're playing. So then when you're done, you never have this opportunity. You never had the opportunity to find all these new hobbies that you enjoy because you've always been told and your mindset has always been like you have to put 100% effort into this. If you're focusing 2% on something else, this athlete's going to be better than you. You're not going to get this opportunity. And that can really affect you when you're done because then athletes don't know what else they like to do. Uh, 100%. I mean, that's just a lie. You know, and, and we've inadvertently stumbled onto something that has always bothered me. It bothered me then. It bothers me today. As a former high school athletic director, high school coach for a long time, I've coached a lot of kids. I've um, been around really at every level. I've coached in pro ball. I've coached to college. I've coached high school down to t-ball. Okay. And, I, and I've seen kids at every level. And I, it's just not true. And the, the thing we stumbled on is that it's the one thing that I disliked about my college experience is that I find too often, and if we're honest and look at every sport, I don't care which sport it is, too often college athletics is about the coaches. It's their program. You know, it's about their advancement, their next job, their, you know, their, you know, record, their career, what, you know, what they look like. And they're using the athletes for their own good. Now, the best, of course, 
there are some wonderful, wonderful coaches. It would be ridiculous of me to put everybody in, in one category. There are some wonderful coaches who do care about their players and go the extra mile to make sure that their players are set up for their, you know, post-college careers or life after their sports. And if they're not, and, and if you, whoever's listening to this, if you don't have a coach who's doing that as part of your program, it's not good. You need to do it yourself because uh, they're setting you up for just what this podcast is designed to talk about uh, because they just demand every bit of your time, every bit of your attention. And if they're not giving just as much effort and time on their part into your future, your mental health, your um, outside interests, um, whatever they may be, then um, they're not really fully coaching, my opinion. I actually think that is something that happened to me exactly. My coach always, not to blame my coach or anything, but they they would really focus on the future of the program and the future kids coming in and who was playing then that they never really put focus into what was going to happen to all these amazing athletes that they loved and cared for in their words to when they were done. And they almost didn't even care about them as a person and only cared about them as an athlete and how they could advance their career, which in turn then has affected me a lot because I'm always thinking about like what I could have done better then that maybe my coach would have helped me in the position I am now, which obviously is not what happened. And I think it just affects Mm -hmm. what you think of yourself and what you think that you're going to be when you're done, because you're with someone for four years, almost every single day, they have a big effect on who you are as a person. Like you might not think it, but their little habits or their little sayings will affect you when you're done. And then if they're not affecting you properly and actually helping you advance into a better person and who you're going to be after the sport, you're almost like lost loss and you're just like dropped off the edge of a cliff like oh you're done with this program we don't care what you do now we don't care how you feel we don't care like what you're passionate about you are just another player to us right right i mean isn't that it i mean that you experienced it i experienced it who who on this planet in any part of life wants to be used to feel used and then kicked aside when they're no longer useful who signs up for that? Yeah. But too often in these programs, that's exactly what's going on. Now, I'll, I'll cut them a little bit of slack in that look. It's unfair to them also that they're solely measured on their wins and losses. You know what I mean? So they're under such yeah. tremendous pressure to win or they're going to get fired. You know, they get they get let go. They make changes. They change coaches all the time. And I think colleges are crazy the way they go through coaches. Professionally, it's a whole different yeah. game. Everybody's making money. It's a business. <clears throat> you got to perform or you're going to get replaced. College is still about development. It should be anyway. And it's slowly, you know, with NIL and all the stuff going on now, um, it's slowly yeah. becoming not so developmental and um, really semi-pro. You know, it's it's partly professional. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it's just not fair because you're still young people at that age and you're developing and you're learning about yourself and there's still a lot going on emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and, and coaches have to, have to be there for the players. Oftentimes, you know, you were a few hours away from home, right? From your mom and dad, I was an hour away. I mean, some kids go across the country and they're away from their family and that coaching staff made a commitment to your family to bring you there to look after you. And there are some who do. There are genuinely some who look mom and dad in the face and say, I'm going to take care of your daughter. But there's a whole bunch of other ones that 
yeah, we'll take care of your daughter as long as she's performing. The second she doesn't perform, yeah, yeah well, we'll be on to the next recruit. And that's that's awful. And it shouldn't be that way. I, I, I think that's actually exactly almost what happened to me. Like, I haven't been reached out to from my coach in four years. And I played not that minutes matter or time matters, but I was one of the key players on the team. And to not have your coach reach out to you after all those years and those hours you talked with them and all the extra sessions you did with them, it kind of, I mean, personally, it it has affected me a lot because I have a lot of self-doubt now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, was I not the player I thought I was be? Was I not the person I thought I was? Like, was I that horrible or was I that like, um, rude to my coach that they weren't able to reach out to me after and it really just had kind of lingers over you at like this heavy rain cloud that's like every mm-hmm. time I make a decision especially with sports and where I wanted to go after college it was like am I not the player I was or deeper am I not like the person I thought I am am I actually this bad that my coach for four years who recruited me doesn't even want to talk to me now right it, it's uh let me encourage you that it's not you um they're under pressure um it's a it's a character flaw on the part of any coach. I don't care high school, um, little league, uh, to not go the extra mile for your for your players to look after. I talked to, <clears throat> I would say a dozen of my former players over the years on a regular basis, check in on them. Some of them yeah. are doing phenomenal, have families of their own, have great careers, making a lot of money. Others are still struggling uh, to find to find their way, yeah. and I would never abandon them. And I'm not there to pat myself on the back and say I'm better. It's just. Yeah, yeah. It's just what's called for. It's you know, and and so, mm-hmm. I want to encourage you as a young athlete and um, all the young athletes that may be listening that that's why you can't. You have to be about more than than your sport. You have to not terminate relationships or cut off access to other parts of your life, because, you know, the people that are forcing you to do that oftentimes, um, won't be there for you later and you've experienced that and I want to encourage you again that you know you that's what you what you're doing now and starting this podcast and having these conversations is you know I'm sure therapeutic for you and it's helpful to others and um, it's really important and uh, it can it's not you it's just oftentimes the psychology of sports is is a little upside down yeah I definitely agree with all of that and I think if you are listening as Ron was just saying, like, being able to reach out to someone, if you're not able to reach out to your coach, maybe reach out to your old teammates, as I've said plenty of times in this podcast. Reach out to me if you need, like, just being able to relate to the community, because community is such a big part of the mental aspect as well, because you're able to relate to these people. You're with them all the time. And if that's just like, again, you're just dropped from all of that, you're going to struggle a lot. And that's when you need to reach out to people and need to reach out to your old teammates. You do. One of the things I've discovered over the course of my life that I really believe in, um, and I've counseled many people to do this, is when you, and it, I think it goes in some some ways to the core of, of, of people's struggle with depression and mental health. And because when when we get focused solely on ourselves, when all our focus is on our, you know, our future, our life, what's my next step? What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do after sports? What am I? It's just the constant thought about yourself. And the great thing about teammates, as you suggest, and talking to your former teammates, maybe a former coach you did get close to or something like that, is that you do have all those shared experiences. So you can look back and you can laugh a little bit about some of the funny stories and things you did. 
<laughs> but they're going to add value to your life and you're adding to them. Whenever you, when we get in this, this uh, hamster wheel of self-absorption, you know, where we're just self-absorbed with yeah. us, with ourselves, and we're, it, it can send you into a funk. So the best way out of that that I've found is to put the focus on other people. Do something kind for somebody else. Reaching out to those teammates and saying, how are you doing? And make the whole focus them. Go volunteer at a little kid's soccer camp and just make the sole focus those little kids. And when you get – and there's a there's an uplift that comes that raises your spirit because you're not just so concentrated on yourself. And you can yeah. – you know what? I, I have value in this world because I, I know I can contribute. I have something to give. I have a kind heart to give. I have experience in my sport to give. I have talents and all kinds of things. And that uplifts us, right? We feel good about that, being able to do something for other people. So I'm telling you, it's a recipe for for self-healing, for feeling better about your situation. It's like, you know, get the focus off yourself and get it on someone else. It'll help. Yeah, and being able to find that value again is what I've been struggling with and what other athletes struggle with based on research because – you are, you almost have to be so, um, you have to be all about yourself when you're in the sport almost. You have to be like, am I doing this enough? Am I eating this enough? Like, what am I doing for myself to like better myself solely for myself? Even though you're on a team, you're still only worried about yourself. So when you are done, it's like, what is my value now? And what, so what did all that do? I'm not like contributing. Yeah. What did all, what did all that self-focus yeah, do? It set you up yeah, for yeah. a letdown, right? And, and mm -hmm. it, yes, we need to do all of those things. We need to train. We need to prepare, but not, not in a singularity kind of way. I mean, there are plenty other aspects of your life that you should be actively watering and planting and growing mm -hmm. and grooming. And yes, I, I promise you. And I, I didn't give, I didn't take anything away from baseball. I gave baseball everything I had, but I had a life. But I had those other things I wanted to do and other things I was interested in and other other people I loved that had nothing to do with baseball. And uh, I think it's yeah. really, really important that you have other things and don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't have other interests and still be all in on your sport. Yeah, I think that's really great advice and things that people, when they're done, need to realize that they do have all these things that maybe they were kind of being um, hidden and they weren't like really visible that like your family is always there supporting you. So you do always have your family or you maybe have these teammates who like you, you didn't really get along with on the field, but like they really are there to help you because they're going through such a similar thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about the sport. Like you can relate to them based on other topics of life. And, and you've learned so much through your sport, right? You have learned so much interpersonal mm -hmm. communication, uh, so much about people, so much about being um, disciplined and selfless and being a good teammate and caring about other people, not just wanting your success, but actually wanting the person next to you to succeed as well. Um, all that stuff translates to to all everything in your life. It's going to be that way when you get married. You're going to have, you know, you're going to you're going to have a partner. You're going to have to you know, work through things with and, and a family and kids to raise, hopefully. And, and, you know, there's community members, uh, your local school board to get involved with, to make sure the school's doing the right things. And there's always ways to use those mm -hmm. skills for your own good. Yes. But for the benefit of others. And when you do it, you're going to feel so fulfilled 
all of a sudden you have a sense of purpose and that sense of, huh, you know, maybe all those years of all that training that I did in soccer or in baseball or in basketball um, really benefits me now. And it gives you a, like, oh, it wasn't all for nothing. There was a purpose behind it because I can do these things because I've, I know I can because I've done harder things. I think that's one of the things a lot of people think mentally is, oh my gosh, I wasted all my time in this sport, now what? But like you just were talking about, you have so many amazing characteristics characteristics and aspects to take from that sport and everything you've learned, such as being a good teammate, being a hard worker, being um, on a good schedule. Like you, Those are amazing things that you can take into other parts of life. And they, and they translate. I mean, they will put you at the front of the line on any job. Ask any employer, ask anybody you know who owns a business or runs a business, who are they looking to hire? Oftentimes they're looking to hire former athletes because they do have, you know, they know what it's like to be on time. They know what it's like to be a teammate. They know what, you know, they've had, they have real practical skill development in those areas that they can use for their company. And you have those as an athlete, yeah. you know, you, and they will translate. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. And you mentioned earlier that you were like a coach and you were athletic director. And I was just curious because there's not a lot of research on this. Have you like really seen how athletes struggle when they're done from the high school level, like through the mental health aspects? Have you oh, seen yeah. like any like, yeah. I think today it's it's maybe more so just because of, you know, kind of what we've come through with COVID and, and everything being kind of upside down attendance wise, whether you're in school, out of school, and it's just been really difficult for kids. And um, I think there's a, you know, with social media pressures now, uh, I think way too much um, focus on likes and, and uh, follows and, you know, um, views on videos. And um, that really drives too many young people's emotional well-being. Like, Oh, I that one did you know I didn't get yeah. very many likes on that photo or what and oh my I think again we're setting ourselves up if we if we buy into that. It's a great tool. It's fun. Uh, I like to look at the the videos and stuff too, but um there's more there's so much more out there and and we can't I think young people have it sometimes more difficult today than than I had it back then just because of all of the additional media sources. Yeah, and I think even because your athletic identity comes from you playing sports for such a long time, but I think now because of social media, your your athletic identity could come even sooner because you're seen not only like just from people that watch athletics, but now you're seen by everyone on social media what type of athlete you are. So then when you're done, I this just came to my mind, but you're probably even you probably struggle just as much after high school now as you do when you're done playing in college because of the social media effects, which is just if you've had any kind of success at all, right? If it's if you've had any kind of success yeah. at all, your parents are posting stuff, your coaches are posting stuff. I mean, you've become a little bit of a mini local celebrity, right? People know who you are and they, you know, they, and that adds a layer of pressure, right? Because now you think, you know, it can anyway, it shouldn't, but it can. Um, there's, there's expectations that maybe you place on yourself now um, because of what all these people may think. Well, yeah. forget all that. The only expectations that I put on myself are, you know, from my, the name on the back of my shirt, I owe my parents um, a good effort and I, mm -hmm. and I play for that name and I, you know, I play for God. 
And I, you know, I, I want to represent um, the gifts and blessings that I've received and um, use them to the very best of my ability. And I'm good with that. That's why after nine years, when I finally made it to the big leagues and spent a full year in the big leagues, it was easy to walk away. It was, yeah. I was done. I, 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 I got to the mountain. I didn't need, I didn't need it. Yeah. I was going to ask, did you, um, did you retire voluntarily or involuntarily? But it sounds like you were ready to be done. I was, I was more than ready to be done. It wasn't my thing. I was never in it for the money. The money was great. Um, you can't beat pitching in Yankee stadium and looking in there and, and seeing, you know, Don Mattingly and Wade Boggs or, you know, being in Fenway park, pitching to Jose Canseco. And, you know, it's just, it's a dream for every little boy who's ever played the game, but, um, that wasn't my goal. It wasn't who I was. My identity wasn't tied to Ron, the baseball player. He, I was a baseball player and I was a successful one, but I was much more than that. I, in my own heart and mind. Right. And, um, yeah. as it's turned out, I think that's borne itself out over the years after all these years of being out, being done playing. But I can remember even then, I, I just never wanted to be uh, as successful as I wanted to be as good as a, a baseball pitcher as I wanted to be. I never wanted it to be my identity. I wanted to be yeah. known for being other things, being a good dad, being a good neighbor, being a good friend. You know, and uh, if I couldn't do those things, then who cares if I played baseball or not? Nobody knows who I am anyway. You know what I mean? Who cares at the end of the day? Yeah. I think that's something you really need to focus on as an athlete is those identities outside of being the athlete. And from all the amazing athletes I've talked to and such, and yourself, it's really interesting to hear like where I'm at now and where you are at now and how you like in my mind right now, it's hard to see myself as something else, even though I'm trying to find my other identities outside of a soccer player. But hearing that now you're you are able to see these other things in baseball is almost not even part like as big as a picture is super like um, encouraging and really motivates me to like keep going on the path that I am. Yeah, you, I would just encourage you to think of your it's, it's chapters of a book. It was a it was a chapter of my life, I can look back and I remember playing little league and I can remember some high school highlights and I can remember some college highlights and all the years of playing pro ball. And when it was over, it was over. And I turned, I turned the page and there's a new chapter and, you know, a blank canvas for me to paint a beautiful new picture. That was a nice picture. I got that painting hanging in the wall in my room over there, but I've painted several portraits since then. You know, one's my family. I have five sons yeah. that I'm very proud of that I feel like I had something to do with, you know, and, and, you know, painting those, you know, turn those chapters, paint new canvases, make new, make new uh, works of art and you can do it and you have all the mm -hmm. skills necessary and you learn them playing sports. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a super interesting way to look at it as just new chapters of the book, which I think I've mentioned before, but that it is like there's nothing wrong with transitioning into this new chapter and repurposing yourself because that's all part of life and part of growing and part of learning. Yeah, it's going to happen. You know, you might as well start preparing for it because you just like you prepare for your games. You got to prepare for that because it's going to happen. So when you were done, did you have any issues with the like being depressed from missing the sport or being anxious about not playing anymore, or you, you kind of passed all those. No, I didn't. I channeled it into other areas. Obviously I, um, when I was done, I missed the competition. I'll never, um, mm -hmm. dispute the fact that I missed being on the mound 
um, looking in at the hitter and just that one-on-one -on -one competition between me and him. Uh, there's really not a lot yeah. that can replace that. There's, there's just nothing. Uh, about everything else about it, I, I really didn't miss at all. Um, and then I, you know, so, but I was competitive. Uh, I think people who know me would know that I'm just very, very competitive person. So I had to find something to feed yeah. that, that competitive nature, right? So you start competing at work. You start competing for the next job. You can start competing as a coach to be the best coach, to develop the best team, to um, see your players be successful when you know your players are graduating and they're being successful and they're staying out of trouble and they're starting their own families, that's success. And so you, you, you learn to be competitive because comp the competitive nature is not going away. And um, yeah. it's always going to be part of who you are and it's in your DNA. And so you got to, you, mm -hmm. you, and that's a good thing. You want to be competitive, just find mm -hmm. other areas to, to compete at. It doesn't have to be sports. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a, one of the main topics and points I bring in is these things that you are like that you love about the game, such as the competitiveness or the way you're able to push yourself so hard are things that you can take into the other aspects, such as work or such as being competitive with your family now, or there's just ways to channel those certain qualities into other things. So you don't get depressed or anxious about those, those things that you once had, because you can still funnel those into something else. You look back at just what they are. They're, they're, I can't look back at when my sons were four and five years old, right? They're, they're grown men now, mm -hmm. you know, and as much as I may want to go back and look at them and when they were four and five, I can't, you know, but I can look back with fond memories and say, that was, those are wonderful days. And I loved going to all those yeah. uh, travel tournaments and all the things you did with your parents and going all over with your teammates. Yeah. And uh, those are some of the best days ever but they're gone now. And maybe someday I get to do them with some grandchildren or something like that. It'd be kind of cool, but um, it's over, but that's okay. I have the memories I have, you know, I, and I don't, I don't regret it. I, I, I just look back at it fondly and um, same thing with my career. I just look back and say, you know what? You did pretty good kid. You know, that's why I look at it. I think it's also a good thing to do is to like, pat yourself on the back, basically, any athlete of, like, how amazing they did do because playing sports is not easy. Playing at the college level is not e easy, and I can't imagine playing at the level you played at. That's definitely not easy. And I'm curious, as a pitcher, do you think your mental toughness and just the mentality you have to have is different? Because I have a few friends that are pitchers, and I feel like their self-awareness and, like, their mentality is so different from any athlete that I know. It's it's a pretty unique spot, and I was a closer, okay. If you know what that is, yeah. I was the guy that comes in at the end of the game, yeah. When when it's on the line, right, bases loaded, one out, I got to come in a mm -hmm. game and get out of this thing. Um, so yeah, I had, but I just look at that as training. I, I had, I had what it took to do the job. I wasn't very good at it when I first yeah. started, so there was an experience thing that ha I had to go through to get good at it. But I did get good at it, and. Um, and I, it, it formed a, a single focus, um, you know, ability to kind of block out everything else going on around you, focus on your job, execute your job in a very machine-like, determined, prepared way. And when you've prepared and when you have the ability, then there's no reason you can't be successful at it. Just got to execute, right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I did, you know, and, and – um, 
So it's great training. And that spills over into everything I do today. I have the same kind of drive and determination. And like, if I want to get something done, you can bet I'm going to get it done. Because I just determined in my heart to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's super interesting. I feel like my friend that plays baseball, he's going to think this episode's super interesting because he's a pitcher too. But at you, so you mentioned that, like, obviously you played in high school, college, you played professionally, and then you went into coaching and you're an athletic director. And it, it's May, obviously, and it's actually Mental Health Awareness Month. And I was wondering from all your different perspectives what you think mental health means to you and, like, what it should mean to others. I think it's just really important that we understand that we keep life in perspective, that we are unique, absolutely 100, 100% unique individuals. There's no two snowflakes alike and no two people alike. We are absolutely unique, created beings with a purpose. And we were put here with a purpose. And so our real responsibility is to use our life experience, the, the situations we've been placed in, whether it be in sports or anything else for a higher good, right? For, to be um, mm -hmm. the best human being we can be. And so I think we get out of whack and I think where mental health start, you know, people start to struggle with their mental health when um, failure comes, you know, maybe you're not as successful. Maybe you didn't get to be a professional baseball player and your career ended, you know, because of injury and you were going to be a first round draft pick as a, you know, sophomore in college and now all of a sudden your career is over that's that's rough right i mean there, there was high expectations there's no reason it looked like you were going to be great but something happened we have to be able to shift gears in life because it's not a matter of when life is going to kick you it's it's or if life is going to kick you it's when it's going to yeah. so i always see the, the advantage we have as athletes is that you know, we're pretty tough because we've been through some mm -hmm. stuff get up at 6 a.m. workouts and, you know, running the two miles, you know, for time at 7 a.m. and, you know, or whatever, you know, we've been weight room and all the stuff we get put through in a contest, we're tough. And so when we get kicked, sometimes it's a health issue that arises, right? Not only injury, but maybe, a, you know, we have families with cancer. My brother's been struggling for the last five years with leukemia. Yeah. And, I mean, people have real struggles. Yeah. <laughs> and that – um, that discipline and that hard work just gets placed into that. We, we attack that with the same drive, the same determination, um, and we overcome those hurdles because they're coming. The key is to know they're coming. We don't know when, but they're coming, and I want to be as prepared as I can possibly be to overcome them. It might be really, It might be a really high hurdle that I have to get over, or it might be just a little bump in the road, but regardless, they're coming. And we should be prepared for that and not be surprised by it. I think we go into depression when we get um, surprised when things don't go right, you know, and we, we get devastated. Yeah. But we should have been expecting them, in my opinion. You know, we should be expecting it. It's hard. And that's what we need the support of other people and yeah. love and prayers of everybody else when it's really hard. But we shouldn't be surprised. They're coming. Yeah, I think that's really great advice and that mental health is you can use your mental toughness as an athlete to get through those hurdles and get through those jumps that you might not be expecting, but you know are coming eventually. And I think that's a really great way overall to just repurpose yourself is mentally preparing, which is the whole point of this podcast is 
to listen and know how you can prepare yourself and how to mentally make yourself better and how to just find who you are outside of an athlete and I think knowing that you're gonna have to go over this hurdle and finding the sense of community and this, your sense of family and the other things you love to get through it is a really great way to like jump over that hurdle I guess yeah we need it we need each other we were never we were never created to do it alone we weren't we're not we're not very good alone you know we're you're not alone yeah, I'm definitely not good alone. <laughs> I definitely need a sense of community and my friends and my mm -hmm. family to help me get yeah, through. We all do. We all do. We may not act like it sometimes. We yeah. can be fiercely independent. We don't want to. We don't want to admit it, but the truth is, we 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 need people. Yeah, and I guess that's just the overall like goal in my like the value I want to bring of this podcast is to create that community for athletes to feel comfortable talking about their mental health and to feel comfortable about going through the struggle because 40% of athletes have post, um, post retirement, like struggles with these type of topics. So I think I just want to be able to help other athletes and bring on amazing athletes such as yourself who give such great advice and the most interesting thing is every time I've brought on someone new, you guys all have such a unique perspective and really great um, like metaphors and ways to jump over these hurdles and to repurpose yourself. Well, I think you're uh, you're developing one of your tools right now in this, and you're, and you're right. It's not it's not. I don't see a bunch of that out there, right? And so you're you're a little bit on the cutting edge, yeah. and hopefully, and uh, we'll be hoping that people start to check in and listen and and. Um, and you get an even bigger platform because it's important and you have something to say and you're bringing on people that can really help. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Like I, everything you, I'm taking everything you said with like, I'm writing it all down and I'm going to reread and re-listen to this because all the advice you gave is something I definitely want to look onto myself and think about more and just ways I want to help myself. Well, we're here for you whenever you need it. You can call me. I'll be happy to talk or whatever. And if you need me to come on a podcast again and talk to somebody else, I'll be happy to do it. Anything I can do to help, uh, I'm in your corner and I'm proud of you. And uh, it's pretty cool. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on to the Reps Podcast. That was amazing. All right. I'm just going to stop it. But. <laughs>